0: forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. What's up, listeners? A few house cleaning items before we get into today's pod. I just recorded, pre-recorded our new episode for my NFL predictions for this year as Daniel will be sitting out this episode. But I recorded it on Friday and through the weekend. We had a very, very busy weekend. Obviously, if you've been paying attention, many roster cuts, trades. And I want to go over a few of those that will potentially enhance what you're about to hear, which are my NFL predictions for the season and just give some quick recap on uh, these players and these moves. So starting off in San Francisco, unfortunately, Jarek McKinnon is out for the season with a torn ACL this leaves room for Alfred Morris and Matt Breida. Uh, I would look at, uh, Alfred Morris in the fifth or sixth round and Breida in the seventh or eighth. Obviously Alfred Morris has history with Shanahan out in Washington. Do not draft Jerick McKinnon. Le'Veon Bell has continued his holdout and he was not at practice on Monday yesterday. So those of you that have Le'Veon Bell, or even if you don't, I highly recommend you go scoop James Connor immediately, especially on dynasty teams. Um, you should have him already, but in season longs also go grab James Connor. And if you're drafting uh, tonight or tomorrow before the season starts, I would look at James Connor closer to the uh, maybe 12, 13, 14th round and make sure you snipe him before somebody else does. I don't expect Bell to miss much of the season once it actually gets going. But to prove a point, he's been doing this a couple of years, he may sit out a week or two um, just to make make his voice heard. So if that happens, James Conner immediately becomes a potential RB1, so go get him. Mike Gillisley has moved over from the Patriots to the Saints, and uh, this just makes that backfield even more cloudy. Uh, they moved Jonathan Williams, who is getting some preseason hype, out to the practice squad. Um, so he is irrelevant for now, but it looks like Mike Gillisley will be uh, Mark Ingram for the first four games with Kamara so keep an eye on that and um, I could definitely see Gillisley getting some heavy work uh, potentially around the goal line although he is brand new so if you have a late stash on your bench go sub in for Mike Gilleslie. Uh we saw him do very well in, in Buffalo uh, behind Shady when he got the chance and although Belichick didn't use him much after week one last year he did score three touchdowns in the first game last season so go get Mike Gillisley, plug him in for the Saints. Kind of unrelated to fantasy, but definitely big news in the NFL. Khalil Mack, linebacker for the Raiders, has been traded over to the Chicago Bears. Um, This is, uh, like I said, not very relevant to fantasy. However, um, it does make the Bears defense very strong, and they had a pretty strong defense already. Um, So I would look at the Bears over the season if you're streaming defenses, but a note that the first week of the season they go play Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. So I would stay away from that, but I would definitely look at the Bears moving into the season if you're streaming Dan Bailey longtime kicker for the Dallas Cowboys was cut by Dallas for money reasons um he's been working out with a handful of teams including the Jets but he is not signed as of this podcast or as of this recording I suppose so keep an eye on Dan Bailey definitely worth a scoop if you're streaming kickers of course but he is not on the Dallas Cowboys There's many other releases and add-ons. Make sure you're paying attention if you have another couple of drafts before the season starts on Thursday. Quick note about our Listener League. We will be having that draft tomorrow night, Wednesday at 9 p.m. We have the roster filled up, and we are ready to go, and we will be reporting that at you very quickly. And another quick note before we get into this podcast, I have to be honest and apologize for some clanking you will hear during this episode. Um, I've made some uh, some edits and it won't happen again, um, but this is uh, an amateur setup and podcast. And before I have some uh, nice uh, quality equipment and um, an actual recording studio, unfortunately, I have to kind of use what I have. Uh, so you will hear some uh, some headphone clanking. And uh, I apologize for that. It's not terrible, but, but it is noticeable. So I apologize and it won't happen for uh, the rest of the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Welcome into the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined more often than not by my longtime brother, Daniel Sancato. For today's episode, I'll be riding solo. I'll be giving my real NFL predictions, each team's record, who makes the playoffs, Super Bowl prediction, as well as some bold predictions and some crazy calls. If you have a fantasy football question or comment for our listener mailbag, please reach out to us via email at thecandlestickkidsfantasypod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids hashtag TCKPod. We have a great episode for you today. So without any further ado, let's talk ball. What's up, TCK podcasters? It's Sky here. I'm rolling solo today. Daniel is out, but we'll be back next episode. I thought I'd switch it up a little bit today and go with my NFL predictions. So I'm going to break down every division, every team, rap in fantasy when it's applicable, and go down and give you where I think every team is going to end up record-based in real football. We've been talking fake football the last couple of weeks, which is near and dear to my heart, but we are into week one NFL football, so we're going to get into that just for one episode here, switch gears a little bit as I ride solo. So let's get into it. Young almost falls down. Throws to the end zone. On, 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 caught it. He caught it. He caught it. He caught it. 25 yards. Touchdown pass. Terrell on! He hasn't held on to anything and putting his fingers all day. And he makes the winning. Touchdown pass. I don't believe it. One of the greatest finishes in 49er history. Do the Titans have a miracle left in them? In what has been a magical season to this point. If they do, they need it now. Christie kicks it high and short. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. There, he pitches it a... back to wide check. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. 30, He's, 40, got something. 50, He's got something. He's got it. He's got it. 20, 10, He's got five, it. End zone. Touchdown tight. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Has a miracle. Let's start off in the AFC. Start off in the AFC East, and no surprise here. I've got the New England Patriots winning the division with a record of twelve and four. I just don't see anyone in their division in particular slowing them down. But further on in the episode, I do have some bowl predictions and some Super Bowl picks and some playoff situations that uh, may be a little bit surprising, but. For the division itself, I don't see anyone in their division this year or anytime soon until Brady's gone, slowing them down. So I won't spend too much time on the Patriots. I've got them at 12-4. and Coming up second in the AFC East is the Miami Dolphins at 6-10. and I think they're improved on the offense. I'm not a huge believer in Kenyon Drake, although Daniel would disagree. Um, But Tannehill's back. I think if he can come out and stay healthy, I think they can change some things around. I think their receiving cores decent enough um, to make some moves. And again, all these teams are in a horrible uh, division, so they all have kind of a chance. They're outside of the Patriots, so I got the Dolphins at second at six and ten. The Jets coming up at four and twelve. I actually like the Jets moving forward in the next couple of years. I think Sam Donald's the real deal. I think their defense is going to improve. Um, I think Todd Bowles is doing something great in New York, and uh, they're on the come up. I just think it's going to, it's not going to be this year. I think it'll take a couple more years, but um, once Brady's gone, I could, I could certainly see the jets coming through and um, kind of taking over this division. So I got the jets at four and 12 and then pulling up the rear at three and 13 are the Buffalo bills. And I almost struggled to give them three wins. Uh, I just don't see the bills doing much this year at all. I got a a bowl prediction coming up later on. I'll get into, but um Unfortunately for the Bills, their their defense uh, looks very rough. Uh, Shady McCoy is on the way out. Um, I don't think he'll get suspended this year, but um, he most likely will next year if it's not this year, if he doesn't retire. Um, And he's slowing down anyway. They don't have much behind him in Chris Ivory. Uh, Not many weapons in the receiving core outside of possibly Kelvin Benjamin, if you believe in him. And um, I'm just not in on Josh Allen train just yet. I just think he's young, immature, and not really ready to go in that division. So I got the Bills, hopefully for them winning three games. So Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, Bills in the AFC East. Bumping down to the AFC North, I've got the Steelers. Again, no surprise here. Taking it away at 12 and 4 as well. I see them crushing this year. Uh my only concern with the Steelers on offense is Le'Veon Bell coming out a little bit sluggish. A B keeping his hamstrings. Uh, together, and possibly Big Ben staying healthy for at least 12, 14 games. But I'm not as worried about that as I have been in previous years. Um, They have have some really solid uh, backup quarterbacks now, Um, Mason Rudolph, Josh Dobbs. um, And I think that the Steelers are going to be just fine with the playmakers that they have. Uh, We've seen uh, James Conner go nuts in the preseason. Obviously, Juju, James Washington coming in. This year as a rookie, the Steelers just keep reloading on offense, not worried about them at all. And their defense will be good enough. Although it's definitely not the steel curtain of old, but um, I think they will be fine in their division. So I got the Steelers at 12 and four, the Ravens at eight and eight. Um, I can actually see them getting up into maybe 10 wins, uh, 10, 11 wins, depending on what happens. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you can uh, you can tell that I'm a, I'm a, you know, not confident in, Joe Flacco, uh, playing frankly more than six games. Um, I just think that first of all he's not going to hold up. Secondly, Lamar Jackson's a real deal. Um, before the preseason got started and we we had our first couple of episodes, um, I had Lamar Jackson and, and Baker Mayfield as kind of a crazy call for me of both being QB ones in fantasy football, and I stand by it. I mean, Lamar Jackson's done nothing in the preseason uh, to, to make me think otherwise. He's been a machine. He scored a touchdown in every game he's played and um, the Ravens have played five preseason games because they also played the uh, Hall of Fame game there with the Bears so uh, Lamar Jackson ended up playing the most snaps at the quarterback position in the preseason and that is huge for a rookie of course and he is the face of this franchise moving forward it's just a matter of Uncle Flacco getting out of the way so I think that the Ravens this year just filling out the pieces and things will be Eight and eight, I think is even more even kind of low for them. I could see them being 10 and six, no problem, uh, but they're not going to overtake the Steelers. That defense should be good for another couple of years here. Um, here's a little bit of a surprise, potentially, depending on how you feel about this, but I've got the Browns at six and 10. I've got the Browns coming up in third place in the division. They are stacked, frankly, in uh, on the offensive side of the ball um we're not sure how everything's gonna go of course there's a lot of preseason hype always you never know how these things are gonna go uh things could flop of course and they could just be the Browns but I don't think that's gonna happen this year um Terod Taylor is playing very well. He had kind of a a finger sprain dislocation uh, in the preseason, but he seems to be okay. I also don't think he makes it past six games for that team. And I think Baker takes over once Baker takes over. I think the Browns are really going to start firing. Um, He's got kind of more of a running gun approach and uh, extremely accurate um, and just shows maturity as a rookie watching his tape through the preseason. um, He's just, Awesome all around. But I think the thing that's most impressive to me on just a football IQ is anytime he's in trouble or feels pressured, I see him kind of scramble a little bit, look twice, and then chuck it out of bounds. He's not afraid to get rid of the ball, take the down loss, don't throw a pick, don't get silly, don't run an extra three yards and get smashed. So I think Baker's got his head on straight. And um, I'm not a Tarod Taylor hater at all. I just think that Baker is just like Lamar Jackson. Uh, Next in line. And I really, really believe that um, this uh, NFC or AFC North, excuse me, um, in the next couple of years is going to have some incredible talent at the quarterback position with the uh, Mason Rudolph and Lamar Jackson and and Baker Mayfield. Um, So I got the Browns sneaking up there at six and 10. And then I've got the Bengals at three and 13 this might be a little bit low. I hope it is. Um, I actually like Andy Dalton. I know a lot of people in fantasy circles give him crap every year, but he's actually been a QB one and a high QB two most of his career in fantasy football. Of course, AJ green's a machine. Although he definitely had a downturn last year as the whole Bengals offense was pitiful. Uh, Joe Mixon, I think is the truth. I just don't think he had a a legit, um, you know, kind of outcoming last year while they were uh, working it out. Um, so I think that you know Marvin Lewis I think is is short. Uh, they lose four five six games to start the season. I think he'll be ousted finally after I think it's seventeen years or something ridiculous with the franchise. But once he gets out of there and and, and uh, Bill Lazor is able to take over, I think that the uh, Bengals will really pick it up. Um, at the end of the season, they looked a lot better than they did to start the season. So. I could see them being better than three and 13, but again, going through their schedule, I just couldn't find many times that I was confident that they were going to win a game and even teams that I thought that they had a chance against with the matchups. A lot of those games, the Bengals are on the road. So I just think they have a tough schedule and I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it, but if guys like Joe Mixon can really turn it up and Tyler Eifert stays healthy and we've got John Ross um, to be the second fiddle to AJ green, uh, maybe Andy Dalton, can make it happen and maybe they can make a run to you know to closer to six and eight wins but um not super confident so got the steelers the ravens the browns and the Bengals in the afc north moving down to the south i've got the jags pulling away at 12 and 4. um i expect big things last year i think or this year, excuse me, last year, I think, uh, they caught everybody by surprise. That defense obviously is incredible. Um, Leonard Fournette is the real deal. Blake Bortles is kind of, uh, not the, not the sexiest real, uh, life quarterback, but he's certainly a, an option in fantasy football. Marquise Lee, of course, is done for the year, which is unfortunate, but they have a plethora of young receivers out there in Jacksonville. Um, they've got, uh, Austin Severian Jenkins, who's come over now to, uh, fill that void of Mercedes Lewis. Uh, So, you know, I think that they're, they're really solid on offense, really solid on defense. And as long as Blake Bortles doesn't lose it for him, I really think the Jaguars can do some damage in general in the league. So I've got them at 12 and four this year. I've got the Texans bouncing back significantly up to 11 and five. Um, Again, if you've been listening to the podcast, I am a big believer in Deshaun Watson Uh, last episode, Daniel and I, um, had kind of a back and forth on whether Deshaun Watson was going to break out this year. I argued that he didn't even break out last year because it was only five real games. Um, but I argued that he is going to break out this year. Daniel argued that he was not going to break out this year. And frankly, he's a little bit overvalued. Um, I certainly understand the arguments both ways. However, I really believe in Deshaun Watson. I made a bunch of references to his college tape. I was hoping the Niners were going to scoop him in the draft. Um, loved him in college, love him in the pros. He got hurt, walking funny at a practice. So it's not like he took a huge hit. Although I guess it doesn't matter if you have that type of in- injury, but it wasn't an impact injury. Um, so I think they're I think the Texans are going to be great on offense. Uh, obviously, Nuke Hopkins and and uh, Will Fuller out there. They've got a bunch of tight ends that are good enough, and uh, Lamar Miller. If he can, if he can, you know, stay solid like he was last year with Deshaun, I think he'll be okay. And then if Deonta Foreman ever gets healthy, which I'm just not sure he's going to, um, the Achilles is is rough. Uh, ho- hopefully he'll be able to come through with that uh, injury and, and join the team. But he's out for the first six weeks at least. So he's going to be a, a late, late, late stash, uh, maybe a dynasty pickup for those of you uh, playing the long game. So. That defense is going to reload, though. Um, of course, they've got uh, J.J. Watt coming back. They've got Clowney. Um, they've got Merciless and uh, a decent secondary. So I think the Texans are going to really turn some heads this year. But I've got them one game behind the Jaguars at uh, eleven and five. Third in the division is the Tennessee Titans at nine and seven. Um, I I have seen the same tape everybody else has this preseason. And honestly i'm not as confident as i was going into it i'm a huge marcus lover um again i personally live in eugene daniel lives down in berkeley um so we've got the, uh, the 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 oregon ducks and the cow bears um pac-12 going on and um i was just blessed to be here in eugene when when marcus was here uh playing for the ducks and just arguably the best player in the country for a couple of years certainly at the quarterback position and um, I'm a huge just fan of him. He's a great dude. I love his energy, his positive attitude, and the way he goes about it. I'm, I'm disappointed that he's had kind of the bad luck he has in the pros so far. But hoping he turns it around. But on a fantasy level, they have not clicked yet. Uh, LeFleur is supposed to come in, which I believe he will eventually, um, from the Rams and and uh, turn things around in Tennessee. But we haven't seen it yet. They look they look honestly pretty pretty desperate in Tennessee. It obviously has not clicked yet. So I'm I'm definitely dropping um, Marcus Mariota and uh, Corey Davis. Um, Never been super high on the running backs only because I'm not really sure what's going to go on there. Um, Dion Lewis, I guess I would pick over Derrick Henry only because if Dion can stay healthy, I think he's going to be what DeMarco Murray was supposed to be last year. And he's got that high upside with the receiving qualities obviously and we saw what Gurley did last year leading the team leading the rams with the receptions last year the running back position so if dion could stay healthy for 10 12 uh 14 games i think he outpaces derrick henry significantly especially in ppr leagues um rashard matthews has been hurt pretty much the entire training camp so i'm not sure his uh status coming into the season whether he's gonna be able to click right away but i do know he's a favorite in the past for marcus and uh delaney walker who is definitely the favorite of marcus um, has been great over the last couple of years, but unfortunately he's nursing a toe injury. So hopefully that won't hold him back too much, but I'm expecting, you know, decent things from the Titans. I'm just, a, a, just a little bit worried that they're going to come out of the gate slowly. And, and if they do, uh, they could fall behind the eight ball very quickly. Um, And uh, honestly, I I have them in third in the division right now at at nine and seven, looking at their schedule and and what I predicted for wins and losses. But um, the Colts are last in the the division at six and 10, but I could see the Colts surpassing the Titans, um, you know, pretty, I won't say easily because I'm just not super sold on Andrew Luck yet. I think their defense is, is um, not up to par with the rest of those offenses in the division and outside of Andrew Luck and T Y Hilton, I just don't see other weapons on the Colts at all. So I'm not super sold on them as far as like actually winning games. Fantasy is a different question. Daniel made a pitch for a bunch of the Colts last episode that he's actually rising on, on quite a few of them that, that he's hoping the you know, things will turn around in Indianapolis now that Andrew Luck is back. But again, I made the argument that Andrew takes one hit, you know he could be he could be toast very quickly, and if he goes down, Jacoby Brissett's not terrible, but he's not Andrew Luck, so a little bit concerned there. So I've got the Colts at six and ten, but like I said, if the Titans come out slowly and the Colts actually you know play up to par and Andrew Luck is able to throw the ball downfield, which we have still yet to see, then I could see those records flipping. But for right now, I'm going to have the Jags, Texans, Titans, and Colts in the AFC South. Wrapping up the AFC. In the West, I've got the Los Angeles Chargers winning the division at 11 and 5. I love the Chargers. Honestly, I had them at at like 13 or 14 wins when I went through originally on their wins and losses, and then I did a second pass, and I just – there was a couple games in there I I just couldn't – I just didn't see them winning 13, 14 games. Um, I think they're great. I think they're going to be much improved from last year. Uh, obviously Hunter Henry's out for the season, which is a bummer, but he's been out from the beginning. So they've had enough time to kind of work out uh, Mike Williams, who I love, um, grab a tight end, uh, whether it be Antonio Gates eventually, or, or somebody else. Um, they could bring somebody in to fill that void. And I think they'll be okay. Philip Rivers looks great. Uh, the running backs are awesome. Um, Melvin Gordon, of course, is a beast. And they're saying that he had 80 plus targets last year. Uh, at the running back position and they say that they want to give him more targets, which is insane. Uh, Austin Eckler is an excellent second fiddle and one of the biggest handcuffs in fantasy football. If you have Melvin Gordon and you have more than five bench spots, I highly, highly recommend that you go out and grab Austin Eckler because uh, if something happens to Melvin Gordon, Eckler could definitely take off. A lot of people talked early in the season about um, Jackson. I'm not, not super on it watching the game Um in the preseason. He's, he's, he's running with the last teams, and uh, he doesn't look ter- terrible. I just don't think he's ready yet, so I'm not worried that if Melvin Gordon goes down that Jackson's going to take over. I think it'll be a little bit of a, com- a committee, I guess, but I definitely see Eckler getting the bulk of the work there, so I think he's the handcuff and that defense is gonna be solid. Uh, one of the best defensive lines in the NFL with uh, Ingram and Bosa, and uh, of, unfortunately they've they've lost uh, Verrett again this year, uh, second year in a row, he's been out for the season, but he was out last year as well, and they were really solid. So they've got a great secondary, good front seven. Um, I really like the Chargers in general. So I think 11 and five might even be a little soft for them. I could see them winning. 12 plus games potentially, but going through their schedule, I've got them at 11 and five. Next, I've got the chiefs at nine and seven. Um, I think that they, they could be seven and nine or eight and eight, uh, as easily as nine and seven for me. Um, this all comes down to Pat Mahomes, uh, the, and, and if their defense can, can play at all looking in this preseason, they have been smashed, uh, through, through the air and on the ground. defense has played quite poor now it's preseason so there's there's obviously with with anything i say here preseason's preseason i understand that there's a ton of starters not playing there's a ton of second third fourth fifth stringers out there instead um guys aren't trying as hard or over trying i understand all that stuff um but still you know there are a few drives with the starters here and there in the preseason and um with that being said with the chiefs it's looked pretty rough. So we all know about the playmaking abilities on the offense and Andy Reed's ability to make it happen. <clears throat> but I'm concerned that Pat Mahomes might come sluggish out the gate. Uh, you know, it's no secret that he's been extremely inaccurate in practices, which Andy Reed doesn't seem to be too worried about, which I made a mention of in a previous podcast, but uh, I am. And I think that if he comes out and starts throwing, you know, two touchdowns and two picks a game for three, four weeks, that's not going to get it done. Um, Tyreek Hill's a beast, of course. Um, I think Sammy Watkins is going to have a great year, uh, but it, it will definitely take him a while to learn the playbook and, and click with everybody there in camp. It looks like he's been a little bit slower than I presume to start. Um, we've got Kareem Hunt, of course, who is you know, excellent rookie last year who led the league in rushing. But I see Spencer Ware coming back and really cutting into that as well. Um, so I'm just not – sure as to how that offense is going to go overall. And um, with the Chargers and the Broncos and even a a decent Raiders defense in that division, I think that uh, the Chiefs are kind of up against it. I do have them ahead of the Broncos and the Raiders right now, but I could certainly see them dropping depending on how Mahomes comes out and plays. He could also light it on fire and they could be 11 and 5 just as well. Um, because I think that the talent is there for him to be kind of this year's Deshaun Watson. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. But um, as Daniel's made uh, comments about, he loves Mahomes and I don't blame him. Um, I'm just a little bit weary just in what I've, what I've seen and and uh, his history of throwing interceptions dates back to college as well. So this isn't just a prose thing. I think he's just, he's got that Favre kind of gunslinger mentality, which is awesome. And Favre was one of my favorite players to watch when I was a kid because you knew he could just chuck it 50 yards and make things happen, but he also got <laughs> intercepted three, four times a game pretty often. So we'll see what happens with Mahomes and the Chiefs. I've got the Broncos in third in the division at eight and eight. Um, I think that they're going to be significantly better than last year now that they have an actual quarterback situation uh, that they can count on, assuming Keenum can stay healthy. I really love Royce Freeman. Um, again, another uh, another former Duck Um who you know leads leads the team in, in multiple uh, categories in his career at, at Eugene. And um, for anyone that follows the Pac-12, uh, the Ducks have been the tops in, in running for almost a decade or so uh, with many, many, many great running backs and their spread offense and things. So for Roy Freeman to lead in touchdowns and things like that is, is very impressive. And he's a bigger body guy where a lot of the other dudes like the Michael James, D'Anthony Thomas, um, Kenyon Barner, guys like that were kind of smaller uh, Royce Freeman's a bigger dude, so he can get it done. He looks great in the preseason. He's catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, let's not forget that CJ Anderson ran for a thousand yards behind kind of a rough offensive line last year. That's improved. And uh, with no threat of throwing the ball at all, the defense eventually second half of the year knew that they could just stack the box and um, didn't have to worry about Simeon and um, Brock Osweiler and Paxton Lynch and things. And, uh, CJ Anderson still squeezed out a thousand yards. So I think um, the Broncos are going to do well. Their defense is, is solid anyway. Just last year, they had no help. Um, they did lose, of course, uh, a keep out of the, out of the secondary, which is not going to help them. Um, but Vaughn Miller's there. Uh, they drafted Chubb. Um, I think, you know, they're going to be solid. Uh, I just, I just don't think they have enough to, to overtake the Chiefs, assuming Mahomes can stay strong there. But I do like Keenum. Um, I'm okay on Demarius and, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, but I think both of them are kind of over the hump. So they're going to be good possessional guys, maybe wide receiver threes, some flex options, maybe some big weeks, but not huge on the consistency level. So both those guys are going a little too high for me right now. Um, I love Cortland Sutton. I just think this year might be a little bit early for him. He'll definitely have some splashes, but I could see Cortland Sutton taking another year to get, um, his feet wet in the NFL, but he looks awesome. He looks really good. He's made some great catches, a touchdown here in the preseason. So I think it's a little premature on Cortland Sutton, but I do like him for the long term in Denver to take over when uh, DT and Emmanuel Sanders move on. So we'll see what happens there. As for the Raiders, uh, they're at three and thirteen as well. And I think they'll be battling the Bills for the worst record in the AFC. Um and I really want to root for him. Uh, you know, Daniel and I are Bay Area natives, but um, it's just, it's tough. I mean, I, I love John Gruden. He actually coached uh, one of my favorite football teams of all time outside of, uh, outside of the Bay Area and the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but it's been almost 20 years since he's coached, and the game has changed a lot. And there's a lot of talk out that he wants to, you know, quote unquote, bring it back to the nineties and all that. I don't know about that. You know, I I think a lot of people are saying he wants to run the ball a lot. A lot of reports are that he's had a bunch of, uh, you know, a thousand yard receiver and every year he's coached and all these things. So that looks good for Amari Cooper. Um, But Marshawn Lynch isn't going anywhere. Although he's old, Doug Martin came in, although we don't know what to think about Doug Martin. He's either had 400 yards or 1400 yards in his years. So a little bit weary about the raiders um i would love to see Derek carr uh come through and um come up to his potential i think we've seen splashes last year he was hurt a lot of the year, so we didn't see it amari cooper was hurt a lot of last year so we didn't see him either um and i would love to see amari cooper come out and crush uh, i just think he's a great um player and an excellent talent but we haven't really seen it yet uh, but it sounds like they're clicking and, and uh, Gruden loves them and says the uh, offense will, quote, run through uh, Cooper. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I don't think that they're going to be able to compete with most of their schedule on a consistent basis. Um, they have a couple games that I, that I had kind of hit or miss, but again, like the Bengals, uh, a lot of those were up on the uh, – kind of on the road away from Oakland. So once you get out of the black hole – uh, the Raiders aren't as scary. So I just don't really believe in the Raiders as a whole this year. I think it's going to be a downturn. I don't dislike the Gruden move. I think Gruden's going to be fine moving forward. He's a good coach. I just think this year um, isn't going to be as fruitful, I think, right off the bat, maybe next year, the year after that. Uh, now, one thing to to hang your hat on for Raider fans, I think, is that um, if you can keep Khalil Mack, which by the time this episode drops, uh, we'll see if he's even still on the team. Um, but there's a great young nucleus there for the defense. And uh, once Marshawn Lynch does retire in the next year or two, there's a lot of young spry running backs on that roster. So honestly, the we haven't seen Marshawn. Well, we saw one run from Marshawn Lynch. It was about 60 yards. That was excellent uh, retro beast mode, but it got called back. So... He looks good, and I think he'll be fine. Um, I think he's a great, you know, fifth, sixth round pick. But those young running backs in Oakland look awesome. Um, again, they're running against second, third, four stringers, but um, all of them have had really, really solid games. So I think if anything were to happen to Doug Martin or uh, Marshawn Lynch, I could see the Raiders moving down and 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 getting younger at the running back position, which I think will help the entire team. So got the raiders at 3 and 13. I've got the chargers, chiefs, broncos and raiders wrapping up the AFC West. Moving over to the a- uh, the NFC East, I've got the Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champions at a modest 10 and 6. Now, this might be surprising if um, you're maybe just tuning in a little late to the preseason uh, on on the fantasy football tip. Or you haven't been watching the games. Uh, but I got to be honest, I'm not an Eagles hater by any means. Um, I like a lot of their players. Uh, and I think what they did last year was incredible, uh, beating Brady in the Super Bowl. However, they look borderline terrible um, this preseason. And again, Wentz isn't out there. Alshon's hurt. Um, you know, Foles has looked bad, frankly. Uh, a lot of their defense hasn't been playing. I understand all that stuff. But those are red flags for me. Wentz isn't ready. Sounds like he's not going to play week one. Is he going to be ready for week two, three, four? We heard this stuff from Luck last year, and he ended up missing the whole season. I don't see Wentz missing more than two or three games max. It sounds like he's great. He's just not quite ready for the full game impact, but it is definitely a red flag for me. Alshon has been a pain in my ass for years, uh, with his, um, injuries and in the pup list and all these things. I owned him a handful of years on the bears and he always had uh, lower body, soft tissue things. And now he's got, you know, a, a, shoulder, um, pectoral issue that is, you know, hindering him from kind of raising his arm high enough to, to catch a ball and have that strength to take a tackle to the ground. Definitely concerned about that. Nelson Aguilar, I think is awesome but he, in my opinion, is not yet a number one receiver. Uh, like I said, Foles looks bad. Um, he, uh, he got absolutely destroyed in his last preseason game um, and just doesn't, doesn't look good at all. So I'm a little bit concerned about him taking over the helm this year. I know he was the hero last year, but I just don't see it again now. And uh, the running back committee looks um, washy. I think, uh, you know, Jay Ajayi is the best kind of maybe athletic option but uh, Corey Clements there, who's a great kind of, uh, I think a better Darren Sproles. But there's also Darren Sproles there, um, who came back after a season-ending injury last year to kind of have one less, one last hurrah. Uh, Sproles has been one of my favorite players over the years, but I think he's going to have one more season and call it quits and uh, see if Corey Coleman could come in and and uh, you know take over that position. And just buyer beware on Jay Ajayi. Um, I almost put him into my will not draft list. I, I picked uh, LaShawn McCoy instead because he just had more red flags, but j was second on my list, and the talent is there for sure. um, but he's already dealing with a uh, lower body issue that's kind of undisclosed. Uh, he's had knee problems forever. um I'm really concerned about that. I am staying away from Jay Ajayi, period. If you do get him for some reason, it better be the sixth seventh round, which probably won't happen but um, I worry about him. I worry about him. I would say the JJ is maybe a great pick if you're scooping up like Mark Ingram or something, and you want somebody to fill a couple weeks, but I'm really concerned. I don't predict injuries, but sometimes just red flags happen and you feel weary and, and this is happening right now with JJ. So I'm not feeling it. And again, I don't think the other two are bell cow back. So the entire Eagles offense is, is sketch for me. Uh, I've expressed my love for Zach Ertz on uh, the podcast here and that doesn't change. Um, I think he's going to get his, but I'm a little concerned now um, that he's not going to be who I was hoping he was going to be. I made a comment about him uh, potentially being the number one tight end over Gronk and Kelsey and ranking him that way. And um, just as I had made that call, I actually, unfortunately, all this is kind of enveloped and I've, I've pumped the brakes a little bit on Zach Ertz. And unfortunately, he's now looking like, I mean, he's going to be a beast. Uh, he's the number one target on the team for sure, definitely in the red zone and all those other things. But there's nothing to take away from him um, as far as like a big play receiver or a running game for anyone to look at, at least the first couple weeks of the season. So I could see teams definitely double teaming him. And, and uh, also, you know, Dallas Goddard's there, and he's been a savage in preseason. So he could definitely cut into the workload as well. So I'm a little bit hesitant on Ertz all of a sudden. But he is my favorite option, probably my only option I'm going to be drafting, period, on the Eagles offense. Their defense is going to be awesome. Um, I just don't see them being able to carry the team uh, as they did last year a little bit. And that offense was on fire in the playoffs last year, but I don't see it yet in the preseason. So we'll see. But I think 10-6 and is kind of a scary record for the Eagles, especially in, in first place in the division. Moving on, I've got a significant bounce back from the New York football giants at nine and seven. Um, a huge part of this is Odell, uh, coming back. Obviously my man's getting paid. Um, the highest paid receiver in NFL history just the other day, and he will be ready to go and crush it. If he stays healthy, we know he's going to be a top three to five receiver. No question about it. Um, Sterling Shepard, I think is going to have a huge bounce back this year as well. Um, to because Odell's there to take off some pressure from him because so I don't think stealing Shepard's ready to be a number one receiver but I think he could be a one and a half two receiver so if Odell's taking a lot of that uh attention away from him and he's not open right away I think Eli can check down to Shepard who's got great hands and uh, certainly the versatility to make plays himself and a nice red zone target as well um and then of course Evan Ingram who you know depending on how you feel about him he's either a stud or uh, a potential bust this year, but either way, he's he's a hell of an athlete. I think he just needs to figure out how to catch the ball more consistently. He had the most drops of any player in the NFL last year, which is obviously concerning. Lucky for him, last year there was no one else on the team that would uh, take his targets away outside of Sterling shepherd when he wasn't hurt, so he got away with it last year. But I could really see some regression this year if if he um, isn't able to, you know, keep keep the football in his hands. So um, we'll see what happens. And of course, Eli. I'm not the biggest fan i'm not a hater per se but not the biggest fan but anything happens to eli we'll we'll see what's you know behind him there um so uh saquon barkley obviously is a, is probably going to be a machine i expect him to be similar to zeke in his rookie year but uh you know again you never know he's dealing with the quad injury already uh hamstring situation so you know those lo- leg soft tissue injuries are nothing to uh scoff at Um, especially as a rookie, man, it's a different season. It's a different speed up in the NFL. It's a longer season. Um, these guys have a, have a different, you know, kind of punishment at at the running back position. So we'll see what happens to Saquon. I love him, but, um, he started kind of in my fifth, sixth, seventh pick overall to start the draft. I've got him now down in my lower, my lower first round in that kind of nine ten uh, position, uh, of running backs. So. Um, I'm taking, you know, Kamara, uh, I'm taking Fournette over him, Um, thinking about McCaffrey if you're in a PPR league as well. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Their defense uh, looked okay in the preseason, but I'm just not super sold on their defense yet. So we'll see what happens with the Giants. The Cowboys are at eight and eight. And this all comes down to Zeke and Dak and their offensive line, which, duh, but if Zeke stays healthy and plays the entire season, I think the Cowboys are going to win more than this and honestly could could uh, could battle for the top of the division. If their offensive line can stay healthy enough, Zeke can play 16 and Dak can play how he was playing in the first half of last season. I think a lot of people neglect uh, the fact that Dak was the number one quarterback in the first seven weeks of the season last year until Tyron Smith got hurt and uh, Zeke went out with his suspension. Dak was killing it. And then he lost those two and, uh, you know, kind of went down the tubes there and he couldn't recover at the end of the season. But, you know, we saw him as a rookie as well with Zeke and, and, uh, played very well. So I expect a big bounce back for, for Dak. Um, Zeke, you know, Zeke's going to eat. He's going to have the most, uh, carries probably in the NFL. They're going to feed him as much as they possibly can. And, you know, he loves his bowls of cereal on the first downs. So he'll be fine um i've made i've made arguments over the podcast to take him as your number one overall pick regardless of the format um obviously you can make cases for uh, other backs in the, in the ppr setting but i love zeke this year and um really comes down to the offensive line because uh you know frederick is is looking like he's gonna be out a few weeks and i made a comment on a previous podcast that i personally think without being a doctor at all i'm certainly not trying to front on a You know, a profession that I just frankly am, am ignorant in, but just in my research and, and kind of looking into the disease itself, doing a little bit of uh, research on, uh, the Gillian Barr syndrome, um, it, you know, he, he's, he's, he's at risk of like paralysis. You know, this is this is real deal. This isn't some torn leg, ligament that they can go in there and fix right away. This is definitely a process, and I'm concerned about that, especially as an offensive lineman. Um, Zach Martin looks like he'll be fine and ready to go, which is a great sign. Tyrone Smith's back. So I think the, the Cowboys are going to be okay. Um, but Travis Frederick uh, was, a, a, a you know, a statue there on that line, and, and he's going to be out at least – three to four weeks, you know, probably six. And then honestly, at that point, they might just IR him for this year and, and let him rest for next. So we'll see what happens there. Um, receiving core, not much to talk about. I like uh, Gallup. Um, I think his his prospect is great. I think they're not going to let him be the number one for too long just because they're stubborn, but he is definitely the best receiver on that team, in my opinion. Alan Hearns, I think has been fine, but I don't think he's a number one, number one. And we all know, you know, what Beasley is. Um so, you know, we'll see what Dak can do. I think I think most of my excitement on Dak is his rushing ability and his ability to kind of just check it down, get Zeke some screens, and be accurate with the football. So if he can do that, I, th- I think they'll be okay. But I can see this whole division flipping upside down. Every year, somebody else wins it, and it's always close. So we'll see what happens. I've got the Redskins pulling up the rear at 7-9, and nine and – Again, I could see any of these teams being first place, any of these teams being last place. This is just kind of how I predicted it via their wins and losses going through. Um, but there's a, there's a, you know a big change in Washington. Some argue a, a you know upgrade at quarterback. Some argue a downgrade at quarterback with Alex Smith coming in for Kirk Cousins who moved over to Minnesota. I don't really have an opinion either way. I think they're just different quarterbacks. Um, seeing Alex Smith for. Uh, you know, too many years in San Francisco, not getting a fair choice. I have kind of a, a biased opinion on him. Um, and also I, I liked Kirk cousins, uh, and his game. And obviously we saw Alex Smith light up the world last year in Kansas city. So it's kind of hard to tell what's going to happen, but I think Alex Smith fits the system for Jay Gruden very well in, in, in Washington. Um, and if Adrian Peterson can stay healthy in Washington and get another chance, my boy all day, I love AP. If he can stay healthy for at least eight games, I think they're going to be really solid in those eight games. Jamison Crowder uh, should be a great um, addition for, uh, for Alex Smith. And then uh, Josh Dogson, um, you know, heading down the the sideline, I think would be great. Um, and then Paul Richardson as well. So You know, they definitely got some options. Uh, Jordan Reed, of course, is a risk, but, you know, he's a beast when he's healthy. So if he can give you six to eight to 10, um, he might be a late round flyer on tight end if you wait. And then don't sleep on Vernon Davis. Um, You know, my man Vernon Davis uh, and Alex Smith put up some pretty solid numbers there for a handful of years in San Francisco. They were pretty much the entire offense for a few seasons. So they've got a long history dating back a few years ago. So um, we'll see what happens with, uh, with the Redskins. They have a really solid offensive line that was hurt all of last year. So they're all coming back and and they're definitely looking a lot better. We'll see if they can gel though. But behind AP, we're looking at Fat Rob and, and Samaj AP Ryan. So we'll see what happens. Cause obviously Darius guys is out for the season, which is very unfortunate obviously as as he's a rookie um, and had a hell of a run on his injury, which is a bummer. It was like a 30 yard run. He was beast in it and, and, you know, got hurt. So unfortunately he's done, but uh Redskins. We'll see what happens. Um, not super impressed by their defense, uh, but again, this entire division I think is up for grabs. I do not see the Eagles running away with it. That's basically my my uh, whole <laughs> pitch here on the uh, NFC East. I do not see the Eagles running away fr- with it, and frankly, it would not surprise me at all if one of these other teams surpasses them and the Eagles don't even win the division. So I've got the Eagles at ten and six, the Giants at nine and seven, the Cowboys at eight and eight, Redskins at seven and nine. In the NFC North, I've got the Vikings at 12-4. and I think the Vikings are absolutely stacked this year, offense and defense. They're one of my favorite teams, period, in the league. Um, I just mentioned uh, Alex Smith uh, coming in and bumping uh, Cousins out. Cousins now is in Minnesota. I think he is going to be – Really solid for that offense. I don't think he's going to put up like super gaudy numbers because this is just not really his game per se. But we saw Case Keenum play very conventional, just kind of don't screw up football game manager vibes. And he played very, very well. Um, Adam Thielen, of course, crushed last year. Stephon Diggs is crushing. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is very reliable. Dalvin Cook is back now. Latavius Murray had eight touchdowns last year and he had 12 the year before that he's not going anywhere I think kind of lurking in the shadows and definitely a great pick uh late in your um drafts if you're looking for handcuffs for Dalvin Cook or frankly just some depth at the running back position because again if Dalvin goes down you know we saw what Latavius could do and that was with Mick um excuse me um McKinnon who is now in San Francisco so he would be all alone um, there, and I think uh, Latavius Murray would do very well by himself. So that defense is stacked, um, doing very, very well. Although Brandon Marshall, old Brandon Marshall, took on Xavier Rhodes the other day in preseason and kind of schooled him, so that was that was interesting. But I think the Vikings are going to be great, and uh, I've got them at 12 and 4, but I could, I could see them being one of those teams to win 13, 14 games if the cards fall. Uh, next is their bitter rival, the uh, Green Bay Packers at 10 and 6 again you know to give Aaron Rodgers only 10 wins might be a little bit uh you know unkind of me but again it, it's more just the rest of his team um i got to see how that defense is going to do although they look really good they can maybe uh you know be like the saints or the chargers of last year who kind of sleep a little bit and then come on and play pretty well they definitely do look um, better this year but they were pitiful last year so maybe it's just the eye test uh, Rodgers is Rogers not worried about him it's just about a health situation with him he's been real stoked on uh, all of his wide receivers there's talks of t- trying to trade Randall Cobb though so if you're trying to if you if you have Randall Cobb in a dynasty league um, or you uh, you know just drafted him recently just keep an eye on that uh, he might be traded mid season for for something if somebody has an injury so keep an eye on Randall Cobb but we do know that Aaron Rodgers loves him so I'm not booting him out completely and uh, My Allison looks like a great upstart receiver. I think he'll be awesome. And, of course, Devontae Adams is a beast now that Jordy Nelson is out. Uh, Jimmy Grant is in town. I'm not super crazy about it, but he is a machine. He's a huge body and a basketball player playing in the end zone. So we saw what Tony Gonzalez was able to do at the end of his career. So, you know, if he comes away with eight touchdowns, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, I'm not super high on him as an overall tight end because I just don't think he's going to get yardage as well. So we'll see what happens there. I've got the Bears at six and ten, um, and I've also got the Lions at six and ten, which I think is a, you know, quite a, a, a punch to the Lions actually. Um, but the Bears at six and ten. I think uh, you know they're going to have a bounce back season a little bit. Um, they got Nagy coming over from the Chiefs. I think he's going to change the culture there a little bit. I think people are really high on the Bears, like they're going to like be the Rams of this year. I think that's really aggressive and just not going to be the case personally um, but I love Jordan Howard I love Tariq Cohen um, I think Alan Robinson's gonna be great for what they need uh, I love Anthony Miller um, and you know obviously Trey Burton is uh, in town now so we saw what he did in Philly last year as a second tight end so they have the weapons and they didn't even let Mitch Trubisky you know play quarterback last year with John Fox so I think if they turn him loose a little bit we'll see what he can do because uh, he was a hell of an athlete in college. So. I could see that offense definitely taking a turn up. My concern is their defense. Um, And I think, you know, a handful of people actually really like their defense. My concern is that they play some excellent offenses. The Vikings, the Packers, and the Lions are arguably, you know, all top 10 offenses in the NFL, and the Bears play them all twice. That's my concern there as far as the defense. And then the offense with Trubisky having to catch up and actually win those games. So, again, I'm talking fantasy football here but I'm like mostly focusing on the actual wins and losses of these teams. And that's my concern with the bears is that they're just going to fall behind and your players might get points on the bears, but I just don't see them actually winning more than six games. And likewise with the lions, a lot of the same, a lot of the same points. Um, Obviously I love Matt Stafford more than Trubisky. Um, I like the receivers much better. Love golden Tate, Marvin Jones, love Kenny Galladay. Um, uh, Luke Wilson uh, took over. He came over from Seattle, took over from Eric Ebron. So we'll see what, you know, kind of yet to see what happens there. Um, and then of course, they're just ridiculous, uh, circus at, at, at running back. Um, I think inevitably, Carry on Johnson will be the guy at the end of the season, but they've got, you know, multiple, multiple players there Blunt, uh, Theo Riddick, Carry on Johnson, and uh, Amir Abdullah. So I just, it, it's, it's a mess there, but um, Again, with the defense, I just don't see the Lions being able to um, give up that many points and play catch up. Now, of course, they do have that offense uh, to do that. My concern is that um, they're not going to be able to keep pace fully because where I think the Bears defense um, can maybe – you know, use that home field advantage a little bit more outside in the cold, the lions play inside. So it's kind of neutral ground. So for some reason, I mean, six wins seems very low for the lions, but I just have kind of a gut feeling that this is a down year for them. Unfortunately, although I really do like their offensive weapons at the receiving core Stafford is a middle quarterback um, in fantasy and uh, carry on Johnson. If you're able to grab him in like the seven, eight ninth round, um, which might be a little bit late, but I think he's a great, uh, just kind of hold on to him. You know, hold on to him. If you draft them. don't, don't draft him and then drop them in three weeks. So I've got the Vikings, the Packers, the bears, and the lions holding it down in the NFC North. NFC South. I've got the saints taking away the division at 12 and four. Um, I love the saints. The saints are my favorite team outside of the 49ers to watch this year. Um, and, I love Drew Brees Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast I'm all about Drew Brees huge bounce back I think he's going to smash I have him as my number two quarterback Um, maybe number three uh, depending on how Deshaun Watson is doing and things but I'm right behind Aaron Rodgers either way Uh, love uh, Kamara Um, Ingram when he bounces back will be fine Uh, Jonathan Williams I think he's going to step in, you know, fine for Ingram for those four games. Uh, their receivers are stacked. Cameron Meredith coming over, he looks healthy. Uh, just caught a bomb in preseason after sitting out the first couple games, so that's a good sign. Michael Thomas is a machine. Um, I, I think the Saints are going to be just reloading and pissed from being literally like 29 seconds away from um, heading to the conference uh, championship. So I think I think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. And honestly, I think Breeze is on his way out. So he'll be definitely shooting. You know, I think him and, and Sean Payton are going to put it all on the table this year. And their defense is really solid. Kind of came out of nowhere last year, but they're kind of my dark horse defense um, in the NFL this year to uh, really make that offense a lot better and, um, you know, give give them more opportunities to win those close games. So no surprises there with the, with the Saints up top. I've got the Panthers at 10 and 6 um, and the Falcons at 9 and 7, but I could easily see them switching uh, positions. This just comes down to I like the Panthers' defense better than the Falcons' defense, and I think their offenses are pretty similar. Um, obviously, you know nobody on on the Panthers compares to Julio Jones, um, and I think Matt Ryan is significantly better NFL, excuse me, NFL quarterback than Cam Newton. So again, not talking fantasy, NFL winning games quarterback. I think um, Matt Ryan is is better equipped to do that. Outside of, you know, the the Superman dive and the and the hoofing it forty yards um, you know, on a on a laser from Cam. But um I like McCaffrey better than Devonta Freeman. Um, and I like uh, I think CJ Anderson and Tevin Coleman are kind of both second fiddles that I, I kind of go back and forth with. Obviously, Tevin Coleman has the receiving abilities, but CJ Anderson has um kind of just that plotter you know, smash mouth goal line stuff if Cam's not going to be doing that now that he's already had another injury uh, in the preseason, you know, diving and and bonking his head a little bit and getting in and out of the concussion protocol and tweaking his neck and all that. So I think he's just getting too old for those stunts. So I think they're going to pass it off to uh, CJ Anderson. And we saw Jonathan Stewart take 200 carries last year. And way past his prime, although another former duck, um, you know, respected Jay Stu, but uh, I just think, you know, he was, he was kind of too old for that position last year and they still gave it to him. So I'll, I'll, we'll see what happened. I kind of just made the uh, same case for both teams. I got the Panthers at 10 and six and the Falcons at nine and seven, as far as their wins and losses. But again, I can see both those teams kind of flipping, flipping spaces. So um, maybe it'll just come down to how they, how they play each other. Uh, pulling up the rear in the South is the, a uh, woeful Bucks. Um, Jameis is out the first, uh, three games. It sounds like he may not even start week four when he comes back. Uh, I'm very concerned about the Buccaneers. Um, they had a hell of a draft on the defensive line. So their defensive line is on paper anyway, arguably one of the most fierce kind of defensive lines up there with, uh, the Rams and, uh, the, the, uh, the Eagles, uh, the Broncos, you know, but, um, Their secondary definitely worries me. Uh, They don't have many weapons on offense uh, outside of Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin, who I think is going to be awesome. Um, But Ryan Fitzpatrick is, you know, good enough, but nothing super special. Kind of a Josh McCown, just, you know, don't screw up. And Jameis is out for the first handful of games. So by that time, I just don't see them really crushing it and they have a pretty rough schedule. So a little bit worried about the bucks. Um, as far as the running backs go, I'm really concerned about Ronald Jones. Um, I wasn't really on super stoked on him coming out of college. Anyway, of course he'd he it up at, at USC, which is, is nothing to, to sniff at, but um, he's, he's put on a ton of weight in the uh, spring or I'm sorry, the uh, training camp here and I'm concerned about that because it's not like he's in the, in the NFL now bulk up muscle. It's like Eddie Lacey type muscle, which Rashad Penny has done the same thing in Seattle. So I'm concerned when these rookies come in and do that, you know, it's like, it takes a lot to maintain yourself in the NFL. And if they don't have that discipline to handle their eating. um, And of course these guys are, way more machines than I'll ever be. So I'm not knocking them. It's more just like in comparison to everybody else, if they don't have the discipline to handle their body the way they ne- they have to on a health standpoint with conditioning in the NFL, that's definitely concerning for me that they're not going to have it on the work ethic side of getting better at football anyway. Doesn't get much in the past game. Um he's been absolutely horrendous uh in the run game, averaging about I think less than a yard per carry, uh, 1.1 yards a carry or something in in the uh, preseason. So that is definitely a red flag. Um, I think Peyton Barber is a great option for the beginning of the season, but I don't. I think they're going to give Ronald Jones a chance, so I don't see him lasting too long. But uh, I'm I'm concerned about the Bucks. I think Mike Evans is safe. You know he's a great uh, you know third round pick. I think you can get him in the third round this year, which is a steal, frankly, because Jamison you know Jamison, uh you know just punishes him with targets. And I think Chris Godwin's a, a decent. Flyer way late if you're if you're looking that late, but everybody else I'm a little concerned. Um, as far as their tight ends, I would go Cameron Brate, but OJ Howard could also take over. It depends on who's at quarterback, which again concerns me because for fantasy football, who are you can actually draft, you just can draft both these guys and pick the right or wrong one every week. So sounds a little bit sketch for me. So until Jameis is back week five, six, seven, and we start figuring out what this team's actually about, I'm staring away from him. So the NFC South, they've got the Saints the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Bucks. Last division before I get into my playoff predictions, I've got the NFC West, and this one's going to be a tight one. I've got the Rams pulling ahead, which hurts my soul as a diehard Niner fan, but I've got the Rams pulling ahead at 11-5, and five, actually tied with the Niners, but I think that they went out on a tiebreaker. Um, I just head-to-head... Uh, the Niners absolutely just embarrassed the Rams for many, 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 many years. And I think um, <laughs> I think it's a little bit payback time, unfortunately, because the Rams are looking really solid. And uh, their offense is, is great, and their defense just got better this year. I think the Niners are definitely going to improve, which I'll get to in a second, but um, not to the magnitude of the Rams. So I've got the Rams at 11-5, beating out the Niners up at the top of the division. Uh the Rams are loaded, Um, much like the Saints and the Vikings uh, and the Steelers. I I just see them. They have, you know, one of the best running backs in the game. They have a huge receiving core who I'm not super high on for fantasy football, because I think they're just going to eat each other like fantasy points wise. But in NFL football, who are you going to guard? You know, Um, they brought in Brandon Cooks, who's one of the faster players in the league to stretch the field. They've got uh, Robert Woods, who can kind of have that intermediate range, and then Cooper Cup, who's a possession receiver who's excellent, um, and Jared Goff, who I don't think is going to be amazing uh, this year, but he's good enough to to feed those guys. And, and with nobody being able to, you know, double team or play too deep because of Gurley, I think that they can just pick apart. And obviously, Sean McVay is a wizard, so their offense is stacked. Their defense got even better. Aaron Donald just signed to be the most. Uh, the highest-paid defensive player in uh, the NFL, and um, they brought over Akib Talib, I mentioned, who left Tampa. Uh, I'm sorry, Denver, uh, and they brought in uh, Marcus Peters from the Chiefs. Um, and their defense was already great last year, so uh, the Rams are going to be solid. So I've got them winning the division at 11 and five. The Niners, I think, squeeze out, you know, 10 and six or 11 and five and tie the record. Um, with the Rams at the end of the season. But I think that they're going to pull up that wild card spot because I think the Rams are going to actually beat the Niners both times again, which, you know, sucks as a fan. Uh, but to, to, to try to just give some honest analysis here, um, I think that uh, the Niners just aren't ready yet. I think next year with Jimmy G, two years, Shanahan coming up, their defense improving, getting some more offensive weapons. I think the Niners will be able to compete a little bit better with the Rams, but I just don't necessarily see it happening. This year. So I've got the Niners at 11 and five. And um, I love Jarek McKinnon. I think it's a cool like if you're playing Madden, I think that's an awesome running back to have. If you're playing NFL football, I'm really worried about it, to be honest. And as a fan of the Niners, I hate to say this, but he's already banged up. Uh, he's a smaller guy. I know he's comparable to De- uh, Devonta Freeman. So everyone's kind of like, oh, Devonta Freeman was that small. Shanahan still uses him as a goal line back. He'll be fine. Like all these catches. I'm like, cool. But he's already nicked up. I think if he takes a shot, he's going to be toast. Uh, Matt Breida behind him is also hurt. Um, some of these backup running backs for the Niners in the preseason have looked really good, but are they even going to make the team or be on the depth chart? Um, they paid McKinnon way too much money to not, Play him as many downs as possible when he is healthy, and when he's healthy, I think he's going to be awesome. I'm just definitely concerned about that. Um, and then Jimmy G, of course, is uh, you know definitely the 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 new hot fling in the league, and uh, rightfully so. You know he's seven and zero in career starts, five and zero last year, and um, you know he plays well, but his his touchdown to interception ratio uh, was almost even, which is not a good sign. Um, he ended up having, you know, to basically, uh, Robbie Gold last year, the, the, the kicker for the Niners, um, had 20 field goals uh, over the uh, five starts that Jimmy G had, um, which is an average of four a game, which is insane. So I'm definitely that, – that, that just tells me that he doesn't finish drives. So, again, as a fantasy quarterback, like, eh, I'm not buying Jimmy G anyway as a fantasy quarterback. As a real uh, NFL quarterback, I think he's going to be awesome – in general, but I'm definitely concerned because we're going to need to put up some points against the uh, against the Rams and the rest of the NFC. So a little concern there. Hopefully, Kittle can get um, out on the field, which looks like he he'll, he'll be good to go. If he is, I, I look for a breakout for him. Marquise Goodwin obviously is amazing. I think he's kind of the the second fiddle to Tyreek Hill right now in in what they do. Um, and Pierre Garcon I think is going to be fine, but he's nothing super flashy. I think his whole, he played with Shanahan years ago thing is, uh, is kind of past that. So I'm not super high on him. Um, I do like Dante Pettis, but I think he's more of a special teams guy this year, Step in next year. And then, uh, not to forget, uh, Alfred Morris did sign with the Niners and actually looks really good in the preseason. So maybe he's that backup to, uh, McKinnon or maybe we'll do more of a time than they originally thought, which would make me feel a little bit more comfortable, but you're having to get McKinnon in the second early third round right now in drafts. um, And I'm just not, I'm just not doing that. Their defense looks solid. Um, You know, they just, uh, they just tore up the chargers. Um, But again, that was second, third stringers. So I don't really know what that's about, but uh, you know, they look, they look decent. So we'll see how the Niners do, but I've got them in in second place right now pulling up a wild card Uh, to round out. I've got the Cardinals at uh, six and 10 and um, outside of David Johnson and Larry Fitz, uh, maybe Christian Kirk, um, not really feeling the Cardinals. I just I, I think the Seahawks are going to be worse, but that's the only reason I don't have the Cardinals last. Um, their defense I don't think is going to be that amazing. They did have one game where they had eight turnovers, which is insane. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen on a, on a regular basis. Obviously, um, I don't think uh that uh, you know Rosen is gonna is gonna light the world up yet. I think Sam Bradford is always one hit away from from being done for the year. So they make me really nervous in fantasy. Love David Johnson, obviously. Love uh, Larry Fitz. Um, Christian Kirk is uh, Christian Kirk is a late round flyer, but no one else uh, on the team is really is really my cup of tea. Let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks. I've got them at five and eleven, pulling up the back of the NFC. West. And this is more of a distaste for the team overall. I'm definitely concerned about Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin uh, this year in fantasy, but obviously I could see them absolutely crushing and lighting, uh, the league on fire because we've seen them do it the last couple years by themselves without any other help. So that could happen, but I don't see it happening this year and I don't see any help around him. Tyler Lockett isn't sold for me. He just got paid, but I'm not really buying that outside of a couple deep bombs and um, Chris Carson I think is fun to watch and he's a good story potentially and you know Pete Carroll quote-unquote loves him but I wonder how much he's going to love him if the Seahawks are 1-3 or 0-4 oh or 2-5 and five to start the season and they have to get Rashad Penny to play and uh, they end up putting Rashad Penny in who I think is just not as good of a back as Chris Carson right now and um make that move. And, and that could just be the end of Chris Carson. So we'll see, that's kind of a mess. Their defense is a shell of itself. Um, they have nobody left. And the only people that are, are there are unhappy with the situation in Seattle. So honestly, I just think the entire 12 regime is, is crumbling right now. And I, I live in Seahawk country right now. So uh, locals, you know, this is, this is not a personal attack. It's just my thought on the team. Um but I just, I just see them falling. So, honestly, I see them being last in the division. I've got the Rams, Niners, Cardinals, and Seahawks to wrap up my NFL predictions for 2018. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the frigging game. In my opinion, that sucked. What's that? Uh, playoffs, don't talk about Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Now I've got some playoff predictions. And I want to get into basically my my winners of each division, conference game players, Super Bowl, and then some quick, bowl predictions and some crazy calls. So to recap, in the AFC, I've got the Patriots, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Jags, the Texans, and the Titans holding down the AFC. In the playoffs, and I've got the NFC, I've got the Eagles, the Rams, the Vikings, the Saints, the Niners, and the Packers holding up the NFC for the playoff positions. So in the conference championship in respective divisions, I've got in the NFC, I've got the Saints and the Vikings in a rematch from last year. I think the Saints are pissed. I think um, they get that touchdown late digs. Uh, doesn't make that uh, Minneapolis miracle and the Saints win the game and move on. I think the Rams are very close in this game, but depending on how the standings work out, I see the uh, the Saints or the Vikings beating out the Rams because I think they'll have a better record and the Saints of the Vikings will host a home game against the Rams in the playoffs. I think that will be the difference. In the AFC, I've got the Steelers and the Chargers. I've got the Patriots very close, but I think the St- uh, the Patriots don't have enough at the end. I'm not sure that Gronk is going to be able to last a whole season, same as Edelman. And uh, we'll see what happens with the running back position there with Michelle and Burkhead. So I think, unfortunately, Tom comes up short. And the AFC, we've got the Steelers and the Chargers. And I've got the Chargers moving on, beating the Steelers, and this is just comes down to maybe the Chargers host the Steelers. It's a road game. We all know that Big Ben doesn't do as well on the road. So with the road game in the playoffs, I think the atmosphere is too much, and um, the Chargers take down the Steelers. And in the Super Bowl, I've got the Saints and the Chargers, which is uh, awesome. Uh, matchup because uh, fun fact that um, Philip Rivers actually took over for Drew Brees in San Diego at the time in 2006 before Brees went over to the Saints and I've got the Saints beating the Chargers in the Super Bowl and I think that Brees after the Super Bowl win rides off into the sunset after 18 seasons and retires so I've got the Saints Chargers in the Super Bowl and I've got the Saints winning the Super Bowl. Couple teams to root for outside of the Niners in the NFC and the AFC. I've got the Saints and the Packers in the NFC. They're just fun teams to watch for me. And in the AFC, I've got the Chargers and the Browns. I like the Chargers a lot, as I mentioned. I think it's been fun to see them come around. I think Phillip Rivers has been burned too many years in a row. I think they turn it around. And the Browns, I think are just gonna be an awesome underdog team that I think are building a lot of fire, but people aren't sure if they're ready yet. And if you uh, watch Hard Knocks, they're a good, um, kind of a a fiery bunch in general. So it'd be fun to see them actually turn it around and give Cleveland something to root for now that LeBron James is out of town. So I've got the Packers and the Saints in the NFC and the Browns and the Chargers in the AFC as my teams I'm going to be rooting for outside of the Niners. And here's some teams that I think are going to be better or worse, uh, plus or minus four games from last year's record. In the NFC, I think the Niners will be four games better than they were last year um actually five games better than last year last year they were six and ten this year i think they're 11 and five and again i could see them possibly winning the division but i think the rams will do it this year so i think they're going to swap spots with the seahawks in the division and my worst in the nfc is those seahawks last year they were nine and seven this year i see them falling to five and eleven maybe even worse and i just see um them falling apart a little bit so if the Seahawks do well this year I'm going to be smashed because I've done nothing but (laughs) talk smack on them but um for me it's it's got good reason in the AFC I've got the Texans doing far better uh by seven games I've got the Texans at from four and twelve last year dead last in the division to eleven and five I've made my case that I could see them winning the division if the Jags don't um but I, I think the Jags will be uh, the Jags will be. Victoria's in the division, but if anything happens to uh, Fournette or their defense or something like that, or, or Bortles can't handle it, then I can see the Texans pulling ahead if Deshaun can stay healthy. And then worse, I've got the Bills who somehow made the playoffs last year on accident, um, and have Andy Dalton to thank. Of course, uh, they go from nine and seven last year to three and thirteen, and honestly, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not even sure they win three games this year. So. I've got the Niners being better. I've got the Texans being better and I've got the uh, Seahawks and the Bills being worse by four plus or minus games than last year. Couple bold predictions to round out the episode. A couple bold predictions. Uh, number one, I've got uh, other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no team that finished last in their division last year finishes last in their division this year. I was trying to find a case for the Bucks to somehow not finish last in the NFC South, but I just don't see it happening. Um, the saints are, are gonna be amazing. And I think the Panthers and the Falcons are gonna win, you know, at least eight games. So the bucks will be last, but any other last place team from last season does not finish last in their respective divisions. Bull well, prediction number two, the Seahawks end up in the NFC West dead last and Pete Carroll is fired. I've ragged on the Seahawks enough this episode. I'll move on. Number three, the Browns win at least six games this year and make the playoffs next year. I mentioned that I have them down for six and 10. I truly believe that. And there's some people who are taking the stab already that they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think the AFC is a little too tough for them this year, but I definitely see it happening soon and as early as next year if they can fend off the Ravens. Bull prediction number four, Chiefs and Falcons both get snubbed late and missed the playoffs. Both of those teams made the playoffs last year. So the Chiefs made the playoffs last year in the AFC and the Falcons in the NFC. I see both teams uh, kind of putting on a battle late at the end, but uh, coming up short and both of those teams miss the playoffs. Bowl prediction number five, the Niners win the NFC West. And this is just a straight up homer call and I'd love to see it happen, but it's basically comes down to um, if the Rams aren't as dominant as everyone expects them to be i think the niners could definitely put some heat on them if they play up to their level some crazy calls crazy call number one the browns who were 0 and 16 last year and the new york giants who are 3 and 13 last year both make the playoffs again very uh you know very crazy to say i guess but they're both looking really good right now they're healthy they look pretty explosive on offense so I've got my crazy call number one, the Browns and the Giants, who were both dead last last year. Two of the worst records in the entire NFL make the playoffs this year. Crazy call number two, the Jags and the Panthers miss the playoffs. Both made the playoffs last year as well. As I mentioned, if Fournette goes down, which he's had the foot injuries over the years dating back to college, or they have a key defensive injury or two. I could see the Jags falling off. And as I mentioned, I could see the Falcons surpassing the Panthers. So we'll see what happens in the NFC or the, the NFC South, but um, that could definitely be up for grabs. So, number two, the Jags and the Panthers missed the playoffs. Both made the playoffs last year. Crazy call number three no team wins more than 12 games. And according to my projections right now, that is true. Of course, there are teams like the Vikings, uh, the Steelers, the Patriots, um, the Saints, the Packers. I could see, uh, you know, the Rams even, um, I could see those teams winning potentially 13 games, uh, Jaguars, but I, I just don't necessarily see it coming to fruition this year. I think it's just the NFL is is always trying to equalize with drafting and things like that. And I think it's starting starting to happen. So 12 and four is the highest record for any team this year. Crazy call number four, Oakland and Seattle have worst records in each conference. Um, I made a case against the Raiders. I just don't think they're going to gel quick enough this year and they have a pretty rough schedule and the Seahawks have a tough schedule as well and a, a really improved division all around um, with the Cardinals and uh, the Niners and the Rams are beastie. So I'm just not sure that Russell Wilson can do it all. And again, if if uh, anything happens to Doug Baldwin and his lingering knee issue, which he's not even confident about, um, I think that the Seahawks are going to uh, plummet this year. So. Crazy call number four Oakland and Seattle have the worst records in each conference. And last but not least, the crazy call number five Brady, Breeze, Big Ben, or Rivers retire after winning the Super Bowl. So I picked the Chargers and the Saints to be in the Super Bowl, and I picked Breeze to beat Rivers in the Super Bowl, but I could easily see Brady or Big Ben getting back there as well. And if it's any of those four that win the Super Bowl, I could see that winner calling it quits and kind of riding high like like a John Elway or or a Peyton Manning. So um, my crazy call number five is that Brady, Breeze, Big Ben or Rivers win the Super Bowl and retire right after. couple notes before we get out of the episode. I want to thank the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast listeners and uh, the Instagram followers uh, for the huge support over the first week of launching the podcast and the Instagram. We're over 50 followers and listeners in the first week. I really appreciate that. Thank you, everybody, for the hustle. And getting the word out and the shares and the likes and the follows and the listens, it really does mean a lot to us. We put a lot of hard work into these episodes and the time. And and we're doing our very best to uh, give you adequate um, analysis you can use to dominate your fantasy football leagues and have fun with football. And um, we're big fans and and just kind of took this on as a hobby. But it's quickly become something that um, we're we're putting a lot of time and effort into. And and we love to do it for you all. So thank you so much. Uh, Please make sure that you follow uh, the Candlestick Kids Pod on Instagram and uh, share the podcast around to your family and friends and make sure you DM or email us any fantasy questions you have during the season. We'd be happy to help you out as best we can. And I want to give a huge shout out to everyone that signed up for the listener league and we will be drafting tomorrow night, Wednesday, and we are ready to get this on. We got 12 people in a full PPR league and uh, we got the first, uh, TCK pod listener league. So we'll be reporting on that throughout the season. Before we go, I want to prove the next uh, preview the next episode. Um, Once again, we've got uh, the TCK pod uh, draft, which we will be recapping on Thursday's episode. And we'll be doing something special. We'll have our first guest on. Uh, We'll be having our real good brother, Curly come on to the episode. He's uh, he's another Bay area family that we grew up with as kids and um, he's in our league of record as well as our listener league. So we'll be bringing him in to recap our rosters and check in and get his uh, his perspective on a couple things as well. And uh, we wish you all a very happy week one. Enjoy your football. Thank you so much for the support. And we'll check you next time. And we are out of here.